The House Oversight Committee has officially announced their subpoena for Dan Snyder. And also, the NFL now only has 14 free agents on their list of the top 101 free agents going into 2022. Which of those 14 players could help out Washington in the coming season? This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. This is the Next Gen Fan Podcast. Thank you for listening. So, yesterday, the House Oversight Committee had Roger Goodell on Zoom, and they had a hearing regarding the toxic workplace of the Washington Commanders, as well as some sexual allegations of sexual assault and financial improprieties against team owner Daniel Snyder. Looking at the overall outcome from this hearing, uh, Chairwoman Kara Maloney announced that she intended to subpoena Dan Snyder for a deposition next week. Quote, if the NFL is unwilling to hold Mr. Snyder accountable, then I am prepared to do so. The committee will not be deterred in its investigation to uncover the truth of workplace misconduct at the Washington Commanders, end quote. So what does this mean for Washington? Well, currently Dan Snyder has his yacht in France currently, and right now, if they intend if the House Oversight Committee is going to get the subpoena through to Dan Snyder, they do have to go through France, and eventually it would only be French magistrate who would be questioning Dan Snyder. So currently, while he is in France, he is technically not able to come and testify um, if it is the intent for the House Oversight Committee to be the ones running that. Now, looking at other options for this, if Dan Snyder does come back, now the first thing for us is this. This subpoena first has to get through the House Oversight Committee, but also has to go through the House floor, which uh, doesn't seem that there is a good chance of that passing uh, from what I've looked at. While I was watching this on Wednesday, Roger Goodell, he said a lot of the times, he was like, yes, we we understand that uh, there were some issues with Washington and their workplace, but kind of saying that, yes, they they really kind of fixed that. he was asked how, in 2021, there was a report done by Beth Wilkinson, and that report was not released to the public. Uh, Snyder was just fined $10 million and removed from day-to-day operations, which, judging by judging by some of the research that I've done and others from reports I've seen, it doesn't, there isn't, there isn't a lot of evidence to say that Dan Snyder has been completely out of day-to-day operations, but back to Roger Goodell and the report, uh, some of the things that the uh, House Oversight Committee was asking were Goodell is because, so there was a report in 2009 with the Dolphins with multiple people's names wanting to be redacted, and uh, so that report did end up getting released, and when it comes to the Beth Wilkinson report, a lot of, again, a lot of people involved want their names to be redacted, and Goodell saying redaction doesn't always work in my world. However, in 2009, he did redact the names. He still released the report, and it showed that the people's names were wanted to be redacted. So it was just a little issue there because it doesn't it doesn't add up if he's already, he's already, he's done it before, but you refuse to do it with the Beth Wilkinson report, doing with the commanders. But once again, so far, the House Oversight Committee has issued a subpoena for Dan Snyder, or their intent to subpoena Dan Snyder. With Dan Snyder, he was invited to give his testimony, but declined, saying that he had a uh, business meeting that he could not break. And now, there also is something coming out that 
possibly Dan Snyder may have possibly conducted his own shadow investigation, trying to discredit and deter accusers and witnesses from participating in the NFL's investigation. This, there's just a little bit of evidence that just came out in a uh, memo, a 29-page memo that was released by the committee, uh, evidence there. But it, looking at Dan Snyder, there, so there, there's a few allegations. Obviously, there's the, the, we've got the sexual misconduct allegations, the allegations that he was taking money from NFL teams, uh, from NFL teams ticket sales, because when you are the away team, you get, I believe it's 30 or 40% of the ticket sales from the home team. Uh, it looks like Dan Snyder may have been not giving the full full percentage that was due. And also looking at these new allegations with the shadow investigation. Uh, so a few things that Dan Snyder and his legal team have to deal with. One thing that Goodell did say was that to his, it was to his knowledge that uh, Snyder was removed from day-to-day operations, so he's kind of leaving himself an out there that if Snyder is involved in day-to-day operations, that he didn't know about it. Uh, obviously, we don't know if it's true or not, but he was under oath, so, I mean, you can take take it from there. So, uh, I mean, Goodell said early that the workplace of the commanders today bears no resemblance to the workplace that has been described to this committee. So, I, I, overall, I think that this... There was there were some some good things that came out from this. If you're looking for the commanders to get rid of Dan Snyder, um, obviously with the subpoena, if they're able to get Dan Snyder in front of the House Oversight Committee. But looking at how this would happen, I mean, you have to obviously once the subpoena gets passed, we gotta wait for Snyder to come back to the U.S. Um, and then we've got the election, so some of these people may not even be here even the chairwoman Carolyn Maloney see she she's up for re-election this year so if she does not get re-elected obviously this could drop the whole subpoena could drop but moving on to the top 101 NFL free agents so the NFL at the beginning of free agency listed the top 101 NFL free agents going into 2022 after Rob Gronkowski's retirement, only 14 of those are left. Could any of those free agents help out the Washington Commanders? Also, we'll be looking at some top headlines in the NFL here on the Next Gen Fan Podcast. All right, so looking at the top 101 free agents, and all, and all these guys are veteran players. Um, most of these guys are over 30 in most cases, but looking at some of these guys, I mean, so right in there, number 11, the top free agent left in the NFL, according to uh, according to the NFL, uh, is Odell Beckham, and he is, so, I think when it comes to the receiver position, because obviously the commanders, you've got Jahan Dotson, and we don't know what Curtis Samuel is, because he has been missing multiple practices now, and I'm just, when I hear that, it, it just makes me really frustrated, because that was, that was all we had last year. I thought that going at least going into 2022, my mindset was, okay, at least Curtis Samuel will be able to play, and hopefully this offense will be able to perform like we thought it would be in 2021. Uh, but so far, it looks like he has been kind of on and off the practice field. And I, I just, I, I don't understand what the issue is with this guy. And I'm not saying that to, like, not like the issue with him personally, but I, I don't get it. Like, either he has 
an injury or he doesn't. If he's hurt, shut him down. Like I, it's starting to remind me of like a Steven Strasburg type situation. And I understand Strasburg has been hurt for way longer, but something where commander, like where, where this guy, they keep saying, okay, he'll be ready at this period. And then this period comes and he's still not ready. And then they finally bring him out there and he plays for like four or five snaps. And then he's back out for four, six, four to six weeks. I, I don't understand what the issue is. It's June. Like, he doesn't need to be practicing right now. They're not even wearing pads. Make sure he's healthy so he can play. Like, we can't, we cannot go into 2022 with Curtis Samuel being hurt. Uh, obviously, that is, I mean, it's just a huge issue with the commanders. I, I just, I don't understand what they're doing with this guy. It's not a hard process. Either, like, either the guy is healthy or he's not. Don't try and tell us that he's somewhere in the middle. Like, obviously, he is, he's, he's struggling with some sort of injury, and he should not be practicing if he can't, if he cannot go out and practice, he can't go out and practice. It, like I said, it's June. It's not the end of the world. Curtis Samuel can't do some OTAs, okay? It's not, it's not the end of the world. But what is going to be very difficult for this offense is if for a second straight year, we are without Curtis Samuel. Now, again, back to free agents. Odo Beckham. So when it comes to the cap, obviously watch the commanders have some cap space, even though they are very reluctant to sign players uh but uh so the commanders have a total of about 18 million dollars or excuse me 17 million dollars in the cap space i i mean you could definitely get some of these guys like odo beckham get him on a one-year deal even and obviously he's rehabbing from that acl tear uh so you don't know what exactly you're gonna get from him but i mean so far he showed through with his run with the rams that uh he he can he still has some some juice, some gas left in the tank, and he can perform. Now moving to fourteen, they got Dwayne Brown. I, I think the Washington Commanders are they're about as good as they're going to get at O line at this point. Uh, you know they got Leno, who really performed well for them after being cut by the Bears. Uh, I, that was a wonderful move by the Commanders. I will congratulate them for that. But looking at some other guys, they've got. I mean, they've got Trey Turner. They got Andrew Norwell. They have Chase Rulli coming off injury, and then they got Cosme in his second year. So, some good potential for that O-line, but I don't think they need to go sign any veteran tackles at this point. Um, and then moving on to Trey Flowers, who's a defensive end, who uh, it, he played with the Patriots for a while, and then he signed a big deal with the Lions. Didn't turn out the way that either side wanted it um, because he was really had a lot of injuries, but this is a guy that they could definitely get. Uh, he's at a PFF grade over 80 in every season between 2017 and 2020, so very consistent, and he's only 29, so this is a young dude. You get him on a one- or two-year deal and try and see if he's still got a little, um, a little something left in the tank because, I mean, I think this would be a wonderful pickup for the commanders. Trey Flowers definitely give them some depth at the D-line, which they have issues with. Because I mean, look at if you look at the guys they have, Chase Young may not even be ready for for week one because he's coming off with an ACL tear, which is a year long recovery. So I mean, you look at the timeline; it's definitely going to be he's going to be cutting it close. And then looking at some of the other guys, they got Sweat. They've got and after they get Sweat, I mean, you kind of go into the next tier of James Smith Williams, William Bradley King, Shaka Tony, uh, David Bada, and guys like that. So. I think something like somebody like Trey Flowers could really help out this team. 
and give them some more depth. And then moving to, they got J.C. Treader, the head of the NFLPA, and was cut by the Browns because he had a lot of injuries last year, and uh, they, they decided to move on from him. Uh, honestly, at the center position, I think they did good. You know, they got Chase Roulet, who's, who's shown that he's a, he's a quality center. Uh, Tyler Larson isn't bad as the backup, and then... Obviously, they also have um, Keith Ismail. They have Keith Ismail as their uh, third-string center. So I think they're fine at center. And then moving to uh, Will Fuller. So Fuller, uh, he had some some injuries, a PED suspension, and also a personal issue. Kind of had him miss a lot of time in 2021. And this is a guy that Washington almost drafted. But I think Will Fuller, again, this is a guy... I'd rather have him pay the big bucks and get a guy like Beckham, who's proven he's got the he's a lot got a lot more star power. Because I mean, looking at a guy like a Will Fuller, if you look at his injury history, he's just been banged up his whole career. And yes, he is a good player, but I, I don't want to take the risk on signing a guy who would possibly be injured. Because I mean, look at Curtis Samuel, see how that's turning out. Uh, and then Eric Fisher again, that's another veteran tackle. Uh, not really going to cover him much. I, I just don't think they need a guy like him. Now, Julio Jones is a really interesting, uh, interesting player. He's 33, and he only he, he really had a lot of injuries last year in Tennessee. Uh, he only caught 31 passes, uh, so it, it really was not a very successful year for Julio Jones. But I think that if he is healthy, and again, I know I just said that I don't really want to take an injury prone receiver but what we have seen from julio jones when he is healthy is not what we have seen from will fuller when he's healthy i mean there's a definite definite difference in the tier of wide receivers from julio jones to will fuller i think you take a risk on a guy like julio jones uh, because he is older i think you get him for a little less money uh but i think that could be a great great uh pick for the commanders now moving to anthony barr and now, Anthony Barr is a guy who could really help them out. He's an outside linebacker, and he can rush. Uh, he can do, He has done some covering, so this could be someone who can help them out at the linebacker position uh, because, I mean, if you've listened to my, my roster podcast, you, you, you know that they really don't have any. After you get past uh, Cole Holcomb and Jamin Davis, it's just a bunch of other dudes. Uh, so it's something like Anthony Barr could really help out the linebacker depth. Now, moving to... Justin Houston. This is another veteran edge rusher. Uh, he actually played really well in Baltimore last year. I think they could really gra- snag a guy like him. This would really help them out. Uh, same thing with the next guy, Sheldon Richardson. Uh, another a defensive tackle. This would help them out because they lost a guy like Ioannidis. They lost uh, Tim Settle. This would help their, their, help their depth because, I mean, after... Who you have? You got John Allen. You've got Deron Payne, and then you drafted. Um, you just drafted Fenerian Mathis, but I mean, I think a Sheldon Richardson guy could be someone who could come in and help you help you out even to the depth. But moving on to Ndamukong Sue, uh, Sue, he played really well with the Bucks um, in his last few years with them. Again, this is a veteran guy who they could bring in for not nothing too crazy. Uh, I I personally would rather see them bring in a guy like a, a Justin Houston or or a, a a Trey Flowers just because of the the production 
But I, I don't think Dumpkin Sue would be a, a bad thing here. And then they also got Kevin King, who uh, was injured last season, but with the season with the Packers. But I mean, look at the corner depth for the Commanders. It's not great. They got William Jackson, they got Kendall Fuller, Juiced, and then, I mean, they've got, what, Danny Johnson, Christian Holmes, I mean, just some, some guys who really, Danny Johnson's been here a few years, uh, he, he's, a, he's he's an okay dude, uh, Christian Holmes we haven't seen, so signing Kevin King could be really helpful for this team, just to give them more depth at that corner position, because these, I mean, looking at the cornerback position, it's not like your your quarterback, running back, or even like office line positions where a lot of the backup guys don't end up playing too often. Your fourth and fifth string corners come in pretty often, and you want to make sure you have good depth there. That's why I think Kevin King, uh, he's only 27. Uh, he's definitely got some gas left in the tank. I think this could be a wonderful signing for the Commanders. And I mean, again, like I said, they've got the cap space for they only They have $17 million left in the cap. They can definitely sign a guy like Kevin King. Um, and then moving on, Dante Hightower. Uh, Hightower, he's a guy who they could sign. Again, another linebacker. He's done a lot of pass coverage. So I think this could be another good signing for Washington uh, just to give them more depth at the linebacker position once again because they are lacking there. And finally, they've got Riley Reef, a offensive tackle. Uh, I, I just I don't think they need another tackle. I think they're fine at the tackle position. So... Uh, again, the guys I covered, the D-line depth and linebacker depth. Uh, then I saw Kevin King, who I think would be wonderful, but the main two points I hit was really the D, the D-line depth and the, uh, linebacker depth, uh, along with some wide receivers. I just, there's, there are so many positions the Commanders need some more depth at, and I think that signing a veteran receiver like an Odell Beckham or Julio Jones, signing a... Uh, an edge rusher like a, a Trey Flowers, a Justin Houston, uh Sheldon Richardson, someone like that. Signing a a linebacker, Dante Hightower, a uh, uh Anthony Barr. I just these guys could really help out this roster, even when it comes to the depth. Like obviously a Nodal Beckham or Julio Jones could really help out this offense. And I think if you bring in Beckham, that is a playmaker who really, really could help out this offense. And I don't understand why the, the commanders are so reluctant to make these free agent moves. I, I just think that these these are guys that have proven that they can get it done, and they can get it done at a fairly high level, and that they're just sitting there. They're, they're waiting for someone to take them, and the commanders should not just be sitting back. They should be trying to get better, and these are players that can help them with that. Now, uh, moving on to the top headlines in the NFL. All right, so looking at the top headlines in the NFL... The first one I'm going to be looking at is Rob Gronkowski's retirement. So, Rob Gronkowski has officially retired from the NFL. Now, this is the second time he has done this. He's won four championships with the pa- with the Buccaneers and the Patriots after 11 years in the NFL. And an interesting thing is that, you know, last or two years ago, Rob Gronkowski had retired from the NFL after playing nine years with the Patriots and was, in fact, called up by Tom Brady to go play with Bucks, where he ended up winning a championship there. Now, looking at what his agent said, his agent was interviewed by uh, NFL insider Ian Rappaport. Quote, this is just my opinion, but I wouldn't be surprised if Rob comes back during the season or next season. It would not surprise me if Tom Brady calls him during the season to come back and Rob answers the call. Just my opinion. So, looking at that, I mean, does that kind of really defeats the purpose of the whole retirement if players retire, unretire, retire, unretire. I mean, like, either retire or don't. 
uh, it kind of ends, ends up serving as like a break for veteran players almost where they're just kind of out of the ridicule of the harsh NFL lifestyle. Um, and then they're able to come back and win a championship with uh, some successful teams. Uh, so looking at other headlines, the Patriots have announced the return of the red throwback uniforms for the 2022 season. Now, these uniforms were first worn in 2002, following the team Super Bowl win in 2001. And they also wore variations from 2009-2012 before the NFL's one-shell rule eliminated all of those options. Now, with the elimination of the one-shell rule, uh, this uniform has been brought back. It's got Pat Patriot on the side of the helmet, and the white helmet with the white face, uh, white face mask. It also has the tricolor shoulder stripes, which was first revealed in their colorist uniforms in 2016, and in 2020 was added to their regular uniforms. And those stripes can also be traced back to the club's first year of existence, 1960, when they were known as the Boston Patriots. Uh, the team last wore this set as a full-time uniform in the 1990 season, uh, before changing the color of the team's face mask from white to red in 1991. Um, so these uniforms look very good. You guys go ahead and check them out. Again, these are the red throwback alternate uniforms for the Patriots. And then finally, moving to the last story, Daniel Jones was, he's motivated to improve. Uh, Daniel Jones has has been motivated to improve, I guess. I guess he just, you know, in three years in the NFL, uh, he wasn't looking to improve. And now in year four, when he was the third player in the 2019 draft, drafted in the top 10 to be declined their fifth year option, he's finally got that going for him. Um, Looking at the other players who were not had their fifth year option picked up, it was Clint Farrell, a defensive lineman who was drafted by the Raiders, and then Devin Bush, a linebacker who was drafted by the Steelers. Uh, but Daniel Jones said, from, he was interviewed by Paul Schwartz in the New York Post, quote, I think I have plenty of motivation. I feel I work hard. I've worked hard before, and I've always worked hard for myself and worked hard for my teammates. I don't think that changes really. It is what it is, and I'll keep doing what I've been doing to improve and refine my process. And then he was also asked about his lack of success. Lack, lack of success. Um, yeah, it weighs on me a great deal. When you put a lot of time and effort into something and you don't see the results, I think that's tough when you're doing anything. Playing football in the NFL, playing football in New York, I think there's a heavy weight to that. I and the whole team feel that we're working as hard as we can to avoid being in this situation in the future. Yeah, it weighs on me heavy. Now, if you only watch the Commanders games, you must be thinking to yourself, why did the Giants decline Daniel Jones' fifth-year option? The guy's a legend. And when he does play against Washington, yeah, he looks like the second coming of Joe Montana. Uh, but he is actually, in fact, a terrible quarterback against every other team in the NFL. Which, I mean, it's crazy to believe that somehow Daniel Jones looks like Brett Favre when playing against Washington. And then when every other team plays, he plays against them. He just looks like your terrible, horrible quarterback uh, who was just a bust. Uh, so Daniel Jones uh, trying to get some... Some motivation there, but he said he was not going to change up his process. So, all right, so there you go. There are the top headlines in the NFL. Uh, once again, please uh, rate, review, and subscribe to the Next Gen Fan Podcast. I really appreciate it. It really is, helps me out, letting me know that the, you guys are listening. And this is going to help you guys out, letting you guys know when I'm going to be dropping new episodes so you guys can listen to them. 
I salute our armed forces, firefighters, police officers, and emergency personnel. Once again, thank you for listening. God bless you, and God bless America.